Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! like Optimus. If that's what you want, some sort of battle of humor, do you? No, I don't want a battle of humor. No, you don't, because it'd be a bloodbath. Through decay, he lifts his shadow flies to the sky. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 124 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Oh, man, it's going good. It's been a long time. It's been a while. Apparently, we haven't talked about this, but did you see my network TV commercial last night on Monday Night Football? I did not. Yes, I am the body double for Skinny Arms Rob Lowe. I don't know what that is. You you didn't watch Monday Night Football, I guess. No, I did not. Well, check it out. There's Rob Lowe, and I don't even remember what he's trying to sell. And then there's Skinny Arms Rob Lowe. Mm. Totally looks like they're using my body for Skinny Arms Rob Lowe. I figure I should be getting all kinds of royalty checks just rolling in any day now. I don't think the body doubles get royalty checks. I think you're you're a hired hand only. I think Rob Lowe gets royalty checks. I don't think you're going to get a royalty check. So I'm more like a fluffer, huh? Uh, yeah, or a makeup artist or a gaffer. <laughs> a gaffer, gaffer, maybe? Huh. A grip, a best boy. You could be a best boy. What about cater? Could I be cater? No, you're not qualified. Damn. <laughs> you ruined my mood. You know, it's funny that we kick things off talking about film stuff. It is funny, isn't it? Because we just kicked off our second Kickstarter campaign. Woohoo! For Bone Bat Film Fest 5. That's a lot the of Comedy F's. of Horrors Film Festival, if I'm not mistaken. It is indeed. A lot of F's there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we shot another video, which uh, I hope folks enjoy. I think they should. And, it's a good uh, video. Started our campaign five days ago, so we're already 20% to our goal. Nice. With the uh, goal of returning to Central Cinema in Seattle, Washington, on April 25th for another full day of giggles and gore. And music. And music. We've got a couple of interesting stretch goals this time, too. Our good friends, the Pine Box Boys have agreed to come up if we can reach a certain financial level. So uh, we have worked that into the stretch goals. Additionally, if we reach our final stretch goal, actually stretch it to a second day. We will literally stretch the fest. Never Is that been a literal done. stretch? We have never done that. No, never. never. done it. Some people say it can't be done. Some they be- say we're mad. Mad. <laughs> <laughs> So please go uh, just search Bone Bat on Kickstarter. Check out our campaign if you're interested in joining us. We would love to have you. It did sell out last year, so I would suggest you don't wait too long to get your tickets for the film festival. But uh, it is a great time each year, and uh, I think you'd really dig it. So check that out. Yeah, you know, you're listening to this podcast right now. You need something to do with your hands, something other than what you're doing. You know, with your hands. Why don't you grab that mouse and point it at our Kickstarter? Check it out. Absolutely. And uh, music-wise, this episode. Now, you may know that uh, recently is kind of a, a precursor to the film festival. I did a film series at Central Cinema in early November entitled The Bone Bat Cinema Bloodbath. And oddly, the Swedish death metal supergroup Bloodbath just released a brand new album. So we are featuring them on the show. The... New album is entitled Grand Morbid Funeral, and it's got some really scorching stuff on it. So uh, I hope you folks dig it. I'm going to play a number of tunes through the show and talk a little bit about the band. So uh, I hope that's right up your alley as it is mine. You like to have your alley scorched, don't you? Oh, I do. Especially by Bloodbath. Great band. Mm. So, dude, why don't we talk a little bit about what we always talk about this time? What do we always talk about at this time? What pisses us off, man? 
You know, I was making a sandwich today. Yeah. You know what pisses me off? What? Being when out you of grab panties? the mustard, and and you you haven't used the mustard in a while, and you invert it over the bread and squeeze it, and you get that like clear mustard pre cum that comes out. It's just I hate that. I I just hate that so bad. I have to like get another piece of bread and like put the real deal the guts of the mustard on it because that that watery layer just oogs me out why wouldn't you just shake the mustard up before you use it because i'm not that bright i'm hungry (laughs) i'm not thinking straight i grab the mustard i ruin the bread oh yeah that pisses me off not super good hey you know i've got a a food related thing that pisses me off yeah so the other the other day, I was at the grocery store uh, looking to pick up a turkey at a store. This that is usually the way with, my stories start. That rhymes with fucking QFC. <laughs> okay. And I walked back to their butcher department. And there's a big bin of turkeys, great big turkeys. And there's a sign. The sign says 69 cents a pound for turkeys. And it has like this chart This that shows you if you spend 12, 12 pound turkey, It'll cost you so many dollars. If, if the price on the bird says that it's going to be 20 bucks, it's really 12 bucks. If it says 30 bucks, it's going to be 15 bucks, something like that. So I'm looking at that, and there's a butcher guy in a white coat standing right there. Yeah. And I said, is this true? If I buy this huge-ass turkey, will it only be $16? He, like, sighs. <sighs> yeah, well, there's a bunch of stuff you got to do. You got to spend at least 30 bucks. And so I'm looking at the bird. I'm mentally do some math. I'm like, well, that's okay. Fourteen bucks isn't that much. Yeah, sure. You're already, I, you know, I, I can there. use some beer. Well, no, I'm sorry, sir. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's excluded. He starts to point like at the small print. He says alcohol, tobacco products, blah blah blah. Like, <laughs> things sold okay, in boxes. Okay, but that's things okay. sold in cans. But, you know, I can find fourteen dollars worth of actual groceries to buy. Well, the thing was that at that same moment, the reason I was at that store was because. Julie was at the other store, like, doing the grand regular grocery shopping. Oh. So this was, like, the pickup extra thing. And so I didn't want to buy any of the staples. And so I'm wandering around. Like, she'd mentioned she needs sugar. So I got, like, the biggest bag of sugar they had because she's going to do some baking. So I figured she would use it. And, like, a jar of pickles and some different stuff. And I I get up to, like, you know, 16, 17 bucks. So I'm feeling good. So I carry this big turkey, which is like a 20-pound ice ball that I'm carrying in one hand, and my son's helping me carry stuff. We get up to the front. We start to ring it up, and the guy gets the top, and he's like, okay, that'll be $58, sir. And I'm smelling something's rotten in Denmark because it shouldn't be, you know, it should be 30 bucks. Yeah. So I say, huh, so I didn't get the 69 cents a pound, huh? And he goes, no, 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 you got to spend $30 on groceries before the turkey. <laughs> and so I got to go like like a fucking deadbeat. Oh, can you hold this for me? Oh, you didn't I just go? throw it at him and go, screw you. No, because I need the, tur- <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving's coming. I need a turkey. So I'm like, can you hold all this stuff? So he like rolls his eyes and rolls it aside. It's not my <laughs> fault that you made a shitty fucking promotion. And on top of that, if I was better at reading people, I would have figured out exactly why the butcher was annoyed. He wasn't annoyed at me for asking. He was annoyed because he probably had to explain the fucking thing like 75 times today. 
Yeah, you were the you were the eighty first person that walked in there and asked that dumbass question. It didn't have his reading glasses on. Right. So like I'm wandering around the store looking for other stuff to buy. Brownie <laughs> mix. Okay. Th- yeah, that my wife didn't already buy at the store next door. And Flavored so condoms. Short bit to make a long story short, we had steak tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, QFC, for the steak dinner that I had to pay in order to get a cheap turkey. Wow. God damn, that pisses me off. You write a promotion so it's understandable for the people. People like saving money. That's not an alien freaking concept. So if you make a promotion so that it's easy to understand, maybe it'll work a little better. Maybe next year they'll use smaller words. Or do you think that they are actually leaning on the idea that some people are going to fuck up and get up there and be too embarrassed and pay 58 bucks for a turkey? That's what I think. That's I think the that's one. Horse shit. Yeah, it is. You beat the man, though. You beat him at his own game. Yeah, by spending seventy-five <laughs> minutes at a grocery store trying to find stuff to buy. Another box of crackers. Not my best math experience. I'm telling you. Oh yeah, that's rough. I hate that. That pisses me off. That that would piss me off too. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that would happen to me. But then I drop the turkey on my foot. Yeah. Oh, I did that too. Getting out oh, of the car, but I. Fortunately, I don't know how fortunately, I did the, like, stuck my leg underneath it just as it tipped out, so it rolled down my shin (laughs) onto my foot. So it didn't have, like, any great weight as it dropped onto my foot, but it was completely uncomfortable nevertheless. Yeah, that's way better than having it just do a dead drop right onto your toe. I mean, you could crack a phalange that way. (laughs) Right, and you don't want to crack a phalange. Don't want to crack a phalange. Didn't you date? The more phalange? you say that, though, the funner it sounds. <laughs> Didn't you date phalange in high school? I think I dated phalange. Yeah, we, or maybe no, that was that was metatarsal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and one other thing that pisses me off. What is when I misquote the name of a book in one of my multimedia triage reviews? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So Gigi Silverman's book, <gasps> her book, you misquoted her book. Yes, is you is actually entitled. I'm a bad human being. Is actually titled Vegan Teenage Zombie Huntress, not Teenage Vegan Zombie Huntress. No, not that. You deserve to have a turkey drop. Vegan Teenage Zombie Huntress. So, I, my apologies, Gigi, for getting your book wrong. I should know it since you did a reading at our last film festival. And we talked about it a lot, and I read it, and you're a sponsor. My sincere apologies. God, you're a dick. I really am. It's terrible. Wow. Hey, let me, one more thing. You know what pisses me off, Steve? What's that? Did a lot of, did a lot of soccer this season, a lot of kids' soccer this season. Yeah, it's not even a sport. Sorry. I, I, I realize. I didn't say it was a sport. <laughs> it's, I said it's, I, that's a terrible way to spend time. I, no, it's it's a good it's a good healthy way to spend time. If you have good, healthy children and healthy parents, and it's a healthy environment for everyone, and for the most part, the parents are cool. You know, you got kids out there of varying athletic abilities, and everyone's overall encouraging their kids. But then you get this one parent. It just I I had to like remove myself from the situation because here it is. We're going into the the finals in the championship. It's actually a game that counts. And we're down by one. And our team, all of a sudden, there's a handball in front of the goal. We get to do a penalty kick right in front of the goal to tie it up. Big moment. Kid goes out there to take the kick. Everyone's cheering and cheering. A hush falls upon the crowd. And the kid's dad says, does he say, you can do it. 
Does he say, go get it? Does he say, yay? No, the dad goes, don't screw this up. Jesus. Really? Terrible. Really, parents? Don't do that. That is bad parenting, and you're bad people if you do that. that pisses is, me off. That is a terrible thing. But yeah, no, soccer is not a good use of time at all. I watched Didn't you the, invest like 693 hours in soccer when your daughter was playing? Never. I, I went. And I believe I stood you did. out there in the cold and watched it, but that didn't yeah. mean I enjoyed it. We, I watched the Seattle uh, Sounders playoff game last week, a couple of weeks ago, where they were playing Dallas and they won by not winning because in a previous game they had an away goal and Dallas had a home goal. For So for some reason that allowed them to advance – and they won the game with a nil-nil score. It is <laughs> the most too much like baseball. That game for me. is horseshit. I'm telling you, people, teach your kids while your kids are young. Teach them to play basketball or baseball or football, oh. anything else. Not soccer. Soccer is like a sport invented by Dr. Seuss. It is total, <laughs> totally ridiculous. And I have no use for it. I tend to disagree, especially at the younger age when you have games that are like. Seven to six, you know, that's then it's a 40 minute fun. game. That's a fun game, but, but, right there. Yeah, because they haven't learned to flop yet. <laughs> right. Once they get the European coaches in, they're showing them how to flop. It's a totally different uh, thing. God, I hate soccer. All right, let's listen to a tune. Okay. This is Bloodbath, taken from their very first album, Resurrection Through Carnage from 2002. So you die.
blasphemy, necrophilia, bestiality. There's never a voice in the back of your head that says, this is just wrong. If you can't take a joke, fuck off. Somebody's been reading too many superhero comics. That hand has caused great offense. Did this to you, didn't he? This incident ends tonight. Where is he? This is the stuff that got us into trouble in the first place. Or don't you remember? Whatever you're here for, whatever your mission is, it's not gonna happen. Understand? Get right, church, let's go home. Get right, church, let's go home. Get right, church. Get right, church. You cause all this bloody mayhem over a little comic book. It's funny. I was gonna say the same thing to you. All right, we are back, and joining me now, it is an amazing privilege to have a few moments to speak to the director of Bloody Knuckles, the film we featured at the Bonebat Cinema Bloodbath very recently, director Matt O'Mahony. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you uh, for having me on. Oh, dude, thank you so much again for allowing us to screen your film here in Seattle. It was a blast. Oh, man, I, I wish I could have made it down. Uh, you know, like I said, I was, uh, I was working for the man, but... Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much for screening it. Uh, anyone that can get this movie out to uh, to the fans, that's what it's there for, you know? Oh, the pleasure is ours. And, you know, being a comic book movie, having that vibe to it, that kind of fits because we're big comic book fans here at the Bone Bat Show. Why don't you give us the film's origin story? How did you get the idea, and how did you get this film made? Uh, well, it grew out of my frustration with uh, this kind of push toward self-censorship that came out of the Danish Muhammad cartoon controversy, which was in 2007. And anyone that's not familiar with that, there was, you know, these cartoons that were done in a newspaper in Denmark, and it was about drawing the Prophet Muhammad, which everyone found out was like a huge no-no. And <laughs> there were these massive riots uh, all throughout the world, really, specifically in the Islamic world. And there was death threats, and there was all this kind of crazy stuff happening. And, you know, I grew up in a time where there was a lot of, you know, censorship in the news. There was a lot of stuff happening. Bands like Two Live Crew were getting in trouble. And, you know, the National Endowment of the Arts was, like, you know, in the crosshairs. And uh, it was really, you know, kind of coming from that background and hearing now people saying, maybe we shouldn't be allowing these kinds of cartoons. Maybe we should kind of shut our mouths how far is too far with respect to free speech. I was kind of offended that this was the dialogue that we were having, you know, after we, everyone had fought so hard to secure our freedoms, and now we're just going to run away with them just because someone's trying to intimidate us. So it grew out of my frustration with that, but I also wanted to make a fun harm comedy that uh, threw a lot of blood around. <laughs> <laughs> and it absolutely is that. One of the things I, you know, when I we pre-screened it, it was really fun, but I had no idea how great that movie was going to play with a live audience. Folks love it's it. It's pretty fun. And it has like the 80s horror vibe to it. There's lots of gore. There's lots of jokes. But it also has heart for days. And that's what I really love about this flick. You can feel your passion in it, both from the standpoint of being pissed off at censorship and then the relationship between the protagonist and his half-brother, Travis and Ralphie. I mean, that really gets you in the feels. It is a really kick-ass film from that standpoint. It's a horror movie that you can feel, and I dug that. 
Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, like that's what that's really kind of what I was going for. I love that too. I mean, it's easy to kind of write off as like kind of hokey sentimentality, and a lot of times it is. But yeah, you want to feel something when the bad guys are closing in and uh, and and bad things happen to these characters. You know, like I love those kinds of relationships, and they're such a staple of '80s, not just '80s horror films, but just 80s films in general, and I kind of ran the risk of like, ah, some people are going to think it's kind of hokey and kind of cheesy or something, I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm throwing caution to the wind and I'm just going to go for it. Well, and the actors that you had, I, I think, really carried the day well. It's a oh, great thank cast. thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. One of the other things I kind of dug about it is, you had a little love for Seattle in there, man. There's a Scarecrow video shirt, and certainly some of the music that you play is definitely a shout-out to our fair city. I thought that was really cool as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, you know, I live just north of you guys. I'm in Vancouver. I've been here for about 10 years, but I, uh, I've always been a fan of Seattle. I've always liked uh, visiting there. And, uh, you know, Scarecrow Video, come on, it's the fucking greatest video store on earth. It's like the mecca for movie hounds. So, that, so yeah, it was my privilege, really, to, to showcase them. And there's a lot of scenes and stuff in there, too, and a lot of a lot of cool little underground nuggets. Like, if you want to break out your magnifying glass and kind of check them out, there's a lot of a lot of fun little stuff in there. But, oh, yeah, absolutely, Seattle, like the stuff big that, thumbs up. Yeah, the stuff that's on the walls in Travis's room and in his house is amazing. Yeah. There's all kinds of horror movies, and I mean, you just feel the love of horror when you're watching the film. There's all these tiny little touches that are all really cool. It's a film for fans by a fan, you know? That's what I intended it to be from the get-go, you know? And uh, it's really nice now to see like that fans are really are really digging it, and uh, and yeah, it, it kind of keeps on going, you know? We're, we, we keep on playing, so we'll keep playing as long as people want to uh, want to see it. <laughs> and, you know, and giving kind of a shout out to the film here especially to i mean we cater to a nerdy audience folks who dig comic books dig horror movies dig video games and stuff like that and the comic book tie into this could not be stronger with travis being a comic artist and it gets him in trouble and some of the characters that you've created specifically homo dynamis is perhaps the greatest gay superhero in the history of man i love that guy he's awesome <laughs> in this film such a kick-ass character yeah, that's one thing that's uh, like a really pleasant surprise from the film. You know, when you when you write a character like that, you, you know, in the back of your head, you you know, you want people to you know to really dig it, and obviously, but I was not prepared, and neither was Dwayne Bryson, who played the character Homo Dynamics. None of us were really prepared for like how fucking crazy people were going to go <laughs> for this character. They really, really dig him, and uh, you know, I get a lot of people asking me after every screen I've been to, like, please tell me that you're going to make a movie like with just Homo <laughs> So you never know. That and also, I mean, there are other characters that you could fit in there. People have to see it first, then we'll talk. But, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of great shit in this movie, and I, I felt like it was an honor to be able to screen it here. So what are you working on next, man? Do you have anything else coming soon? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working on a couple things. I'm kind of narrowing it down, but so far I have two scripts that I'm working on. One is a, a heavy metal horror movie. It's, again, a real kind of throwback to heavy metal horror of the 80s. That's totally in our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, man. It's going to be pretty wild. Like this, Especially anyone that does the adventures of Homo Dynamics, yeah. this one's pretty wild. I can't give away too much, but uh, if anyone's a fan of heavy metal mascots, like Eddie or Vic Rattlehead or anything like that. And if ever want to see them do some more stuff, this is going to be the movie for you. Very cool. And uh, 
I have another film which kind of takes another another shot at organized religion. Again, I can't say too much, but it's about a young man who is possessed by a very evil book that some of you may know as the Holy Bible. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we showed Hellbenders at our last film festival, so we do have a, a fine appreciation for movies that poke fun at religion. Nice, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's in my crosshair. So, yeah. <laughs> So where exactly can our listeners find Bloody Knuckles? Where is it playing next? Do you have video plans? What's going on? We're uh, we're sorting all that stuff out right now. I can't really announce anything, although I want to. But, uh, yeah, we're still working it out. But uh, it's, it's doing the festival circuit right now. It's actually playing in Toronto this weekend at the uh, Blood and the Snow Festival. Uh, it'll be playing in San Francisco December at the... Um, is it another hole in the head? I think it's part of the SF Indie Fest. Oh, nice! There in San Francisco, and then I think there's a couple more coming up too. But I can't remember offhand. But all right, well, uh, we should us... be we should be getting it to everyone though. Uh, you know, hopefully DVD, Blu-ray, and VOD uh, shortly. So uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that announcement. Fantastic, and we'll definitely shout it out here on the show as well. Great, thank you so much. Thanks for the support. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, pleasure's ours, man. So one last question. We always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bash Show. Matt, what pisses you off? Oh, what pisses me off? Well, I guess I would have to say, in keeping with the theme of my film, censorship really fucking pisses me off. We got to do a lot more to uh, to combat it, you know, wherever it comes up. It's like whack-a-mole, you know, you knock one down another one pops up so let's keep going with that because that really pisses me off it's really weird how there's been sort of like a backslide in a way like a puritanical backslide because like you see a movie like goonies or monster squad that was for kids and yet nowadays the stuff that that they they were able to get away with wouldn't even fly in a, a movie that's aimed at that age group yeah, it's, 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 it's weird, you know, because, like, yeah, like, I think with the kids' movies, they've become a hell of a lot more kiddie. Like, you know, yeah, like, you mentioned Goonies and Monster Squad, but also, like, you know, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I yeah, mean, sure. it's, like, in, you know, crazy, right? But then you also look at television. You look at how violent television is now compared to what it was 20 years ago. It's, like, way more violent. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird kind of give and take. I don't know. I don't... I don't really get it. You know, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know. Yeah, but that, that I will say this: the yeah. one great thing, though, about having more violent media, like you know, our you know, video games are crazy violent, and TV is way more violent, or movies are way more violent. But the good news is, contrary to what all those people said, you know, years ago, that we should ban all of this material because it's way too much. It's going to have a very bad effect on society. The good news is our crime rate is, like, the lowest it's been in, like, 50 years, you know? It's yeah, been on, like, absolutely. a steady 20-year decline. So that's really good news for, for us and people who enjoy this this kind of uh, entertainment. You know, it's, it really counters that argument, you know? They yeah. can't really make that argument anymore. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Bone Bat Show. No problem. Thank you very much for having me on. And we are back. Once again, thank you to Matt O'Mahony for spending a few minutes with us here on the show. 
that was awesome to be able to chat with him. And, of course, before that was in So You Die, arguably my favorite tune from Bloodbath. Just a very heavy slab of metal. I like it. So, dude, Why is it arguably? I'm not going to argue about that. Because I might, I might, there are other songs that are right there, but that one's you one of them. You just argue with yourself like one of those crazy men walking down the street in Seattle? I play with myself. Why can't I argue with myself? I guess that's a good point. Just don't do it at the same Do you do it at the same time? No, no, pull to the right. <laughs> pull to the left. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on here. I don't either. So, dude, I wanted to talk a little bit about the previously mentioned Cinema Bloodbath. That was a lot of fun. We started on Halloween night and screened Bloodsucker Jones at Central Cinema. Justin was awesome. He sent a great big box of swag. So I had like five t-shirts and five DVDs to give out to the crowd, which was awesome. We did like a little bit of horror trivia. I tried not to make it too tough so people could win stuff. I suppose a big box of swag is better than a big swag of box. Wait, what? I don't even know. Go on. (laughs) And so that was a lot of fun. Then on Saturday night, uh, we showed Junk Bonds, Junk Bucket 2. Uh, Steve Lang was in the crowd, showed up for a Q&A after. And, dude, that movie was so much fun with a big audience. I bet. Oh, just craziness. And, I mean, he really stepped up his game from the first film. You know, which, as you know from the interview, like, they shot in a week. It was a ridiculously short time span. And so they spent a lot of time and effort getting this one right. And it's still low budget. But it's a lot of fun. I suggest folks definitely try to look it up. If it's playing near you, at some point it'll be on DVD or on demand, and it's definitely worth your time if you like fun, schlocky horror. Great stuff. Sunday night was Blood Car, which was a lot of fun. It's really brief, but it is a a really hilarious movie about this kindergarten teacher who almost accidentally develops an engine that runs on blood. Oh, dear. And gas prices are through the roof, so he's like a stud now. And like chicks around town are digging him because he has this car. And it has a real kind of wicked social commentary slant on it. So it was a lot of fun. That was directed by Alex Orr, and you can find that one now on iTunes, Amazon. It's been out a few years, so you can pick it up. It's very cool. Bloody Knuckles, which we just uh, discussed with Matt O'Mahony. Uh, It's going to be hopefully out pretty soon on video, and it's also making the circuit at various film festivals, so keep an eye peeled for that. And then the final film that we did was A Summer of Blood by Owner Tukel, which is this film that's kind of like if Woody Allen did a vampire movie. And it really is the best description. It takes place in New York. It has, you know, kind of a, a nebbishy protagonist who gets turned into a vampire and how he deals with the whole experience. You start off just hating the character because the guy's an utter tool. And by the end, it's kind of neat to see his journey as he goes through it. So th- that was the five nights. Uh, while we did that, each night I showed some different shorts from previous Bone Bat Film Festivals, in addition to a couple of other things. Uh, showed a lot from our friends at Bloody Cuts UK. Excellent. Low-carb comedy. Now, they're the guys who did The Fourth Rule of Gremlins. Yeah, I love that. And he, they have a bunch of other horror stuff that is really great, like Saw Burger is really funny. They have a couple of Saw ones. They were doing one annually when a new Saw movie came out. The low-carb comedy Hellraiser is really funny. And they're all worth checking out. And you can see them all at lowcarbcomedy.com. Their latest one, Galilean. So Galileo is a werewolf. Oh, and it's a <laughs> I mix. thought he was a lichen. No, and it's a mix of horror and science. And it's just too funny. And again, it just released on Halloween this year, brand new. So check that out. you got to see it. It's fun. 
Also played uh, some stuff from our good friend Freak Wolf, Brian Wolford from Drunken Zombie. I played uh, three of his shorts, I think. I kind of tailored the shorts to the audience each night. If it was a vampire movie, I tried to have vampire shorts, werewolf movie, werewolf shorts. And I think it was a, a really fun thing to do. So I had a great time. I had a great time repeatedly ordering Swan Dog Bone Bat Imperial Ale. That's <laughs> so wonderful. That was the coolest thing ever. Every time the waiter or waitress would come up, it would be like, oh, what would you like, sir? I'm like, can I please have a Bone Bat Ale? <laughs> Beverage like, named oh, after. Would you my like a podcast? pitcher? Would you like a pitcher? No, I want to order them individually, <laughs> <laughs> so that I can say that every time. And what's great about it is it was delicious, man. It was a really good Bruce. Thank you so much to Kyle Stevens for making that such a highlight of the cinema bloodbath, and for you know allowing us to put our name on his wonderful beer. That was just too great. So, dude, I, I spend yes. like. Five nights in a row in Seattle, out past midnight. I'm an old, tired man. I'm not built for that shit anymore. And so uh, we're there Saturday night with Steve Lang at the Junk Bucket screening. And uh, who comes up to me but Troy from the band Southside. And he's like, oh, dude, Thursday night, you got to come. We're having our 20th anniversary show. We're bringing in guys from out of town. We never play anymore. Oh, shit. I'm freaking exhausted. And Death Star is going to be opening for us. It's going to be great. Like, oh, fuck. I, I got to go. I got to go. They're not going to be playing anytime soon again. I'm so glad I did, man. What a show. They yeah, did like, good stuff. Yeah, they did like a set of early stuff, and then they had uh, Death Star came out and did a set. Wasn't a long one, like five of their best tunes that you know. And we, at the end, goaded them. A couple other fans goaded them into doing uh, Bounce, which was awesome. <laughs> you have to goad them to do that song. Yeah, I know. They, they always say they're too tired to do it. And then they cut <laughs> off like the whole last two verses. But still, it's such a good song. It's always great to hear. And then Southside comes back, and they bring out the live band. So in their later years, like uh, for the album Science Diction, they had a live band that they play with. So you've got like four guys playing bass, guitar, drums on the stage. And you've got like five, six rappers running around, jumping off the stage, just absolute crazy mayhem. Dude, it was just such a party. It was so much fun. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, it was really good. And we're definitely going to have Southside on the show before too long. So keep an ear here for that. But wow. And so then I find out about this. I'm going to go to this show. And I get an email on Facebook. It's like, Z from Hipster Please is coming to town Friday night for the launch of the Indie Game Revolution exhibit at EMP. It's like, fuck, I got to go to Seattle again. <laughs> Pretty much got to go to that. God, because Z doesn't come out. He's from Carolina. He never comes out to yeah, Seattle. Yeah, he's the first time old, he's ever like, been Mississippi here. River in between us. Right. So it was really cool because it was an all-ages event. I got to take my son, and Z and my son and I hung out at EMP playing video games all night and chatting with the man. Dude, that was so cool to be able to have the opportunity to do that. Then we uh, kind of bailed out of there as soon as his responsibilities were done. And uh, went and visited the Fremont Troll, went to Scarecrow Video. He, you know, it would have been a long day for him, but I showed him a couple of the Seattle sites. And it was really a wonderful time. And right on. Saturday, I, like, lapsed into a freaking coma. <laughs> because I was just bushed after this week. I just, you know, I don't go that hard ever. But, man, was it great. Just, it's the kind of thing you have one of those weeks, and it's like a highlight of your life. Just, wow, I've never got to host Five Nights of Cinema before. I never ha got to have my name on a beer that I got to order before. 
I never got to see Southside before. I never got to meet Z before. It was like all, just one first after another. And, I, you know, I'd like to thank Central Cinema, uh, Kevin and Jessica Setti for making all this possible. Steve Lang for being an incredibly awesome dude. The guys from Death Star and Southside for being a lot of fun to be with. And also Z from Hipster Please. It, it was great to meet you, man. And, of course, my wife, who's endlessly patient with my nonsense of running out and not being around for the family for an entire week. That was really cool of her. So I had a wonderful experience. And thanks to everybody who helped make it possible. And way to throw props to your wife, Steve. Good job. Yeah, well, you know, she's a hip, hip lady. She is. I met her. She's nice. Let's listen to another tune. Okay. We're talking so much about horror. How about a zombie-related cut? This is Feeding the Undead from Nightmares Made Flesh, 2004. Bloodbath. Hey! 
Hi, this is Matt O, director of Bloody Knuckles, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right. Once again, that was Feeding the Undead from 2004's Nightmares Made Flesh by Bloodbath from Stockholm, Sweden, Gord. They were, Wait, uh, Sweden, Gord? Sweden, That Gord. should be a place. <laughs> bork, bork, bork. No, it would be Gord, Gord, Gord. <laughs> so they were uh, formed, again, in Stockholm in about 1998. The interesting Is it thing true about they this... were formed out of the icy crap from a genuine northern troll? Not true at all. Here's oh. the interesting thing about Bloodbath. Bloodbath is, to me, very much akin to a band like Pigface, where it's kind of like a super group, but it's always a, a changing lineup of who's in the band. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters. So in each incarnation, they have kind of a different vibe to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, like, in the early years, uh, the band was started by a guy named uh, Blackhane, uh, Anders Nystrom, who is from a band called Catatonia, with uh, another guy, uh, Jonas Rensky, who plays bass, I believe. And so these two guys uh, were kind of the founding members of the band, along with Michael Ackerfeldt from Opeth and Dan Swano of Edge of Sanity fame on drums. Now, Opeth, like, to this day, have gone very progressive. And their albums do a lot of interesting, experimental things. But I think in the early years, he wanted to get back to playing the stuff he listened to in high school. And so this is throwback to very first Slayer albums, the Florida scene of stuff like Morbid Angel and Death, uh, Chuck Schuldiner's band, and uh, also maybe some of the German stuff that was going on at the time, like Sodom, bands like that. It's very stripped down, you know, it's like guitars, a bass, and drums, and just low growling vocals. Kind of in a very, almost punk rock sort of a vibe, you know? Yeah. Although they, they do rip off like a solo every once in a while. No, it, they actually uh, sound, their sound kind of reminded me of The Accused. Yeah, that that's, punk band. that's a good example, actually. Or, uh, or Agnostic Front a little bit, too, the more structured, but very, very hard sound. Yeah, the different and, vocals. Obviously, it's, it's interesting though. Like as they shift, like in the early years, they had that Boss HM2 heavy metal pedal, which is like very symbolic of when we uh, played Entombed on the show. Left Hand Path and uh, Clandestine, their first two albums, are just resplendent with that tone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like their first two albums are very similar to that, but then they started kind of splitting off. So, uh, first thing they did, and uh, I think 2000, they did Breeding Death, which was just a three-song EP. With that's very thick tone. 2002, they came out with uh, Resurrection Through Carnage, which has And So You Die On It, uh, one of my favorite cuts. That really has that entombed tone. Uh, Nightmares Made Flesh uh, also sort of has that. And at that time, I think uh, what had happened with the band was Michael Ackerfeld had kind of left to go spend more time doing uh, Opeth. Both Ackerfeld and Swano left the band, and when he did that, he was replaced in the band by Peter Tatgren from Hypocrisy, who was another like really distinctive, well-known Swedish death metal act. And so he kind of added like a sludginess and a thickness to the tunes, I think, on Nightmares Made Flesh. He left the band a few years later. You know, everybody's in three bands. For instance, uh, the drummer Martin Axenrot, he's actually in Witchery as well. Blackham and Rensky, as I mentioned, they're in Catatonia. And so they're the two that have kind of stayed in the band, Rensky and Nystrom, you know, throughout all the incarnation, while the front men will vary as the years go by. So anyway, Peter Tatgren is added for Nightmares Made Flesh. 
Then they take a big hiatus, as everybody has their own projects. 2008, they come back together uh, and do the uh, Unblessing the Purity EP. Now, this EP, only four-song EP, Michael Ackerfelt rejoined the band from Opeth, so he was back in the fold. And this was the album that our good friend Dusty Peterson did the album art for. This was the one with, like, the werewolf that's holding the baby. Yeah. And I got a quote here from his website about how this happened. It was a contest. Oh, yeah, I, remember, I totally remember this Yeah, story. He, he talked about it. In March of 2007, I saw a news post on Bloodbath's website looking for someone to do the artwork for the next mini-CD. Although it was unpaid work, as it was a contest, I felt confident that I could make an awesome death metal album cover, regardless of the concept. After getting the concept from the band, this is what I came up with. A year later, I was notified that I had won. Even though I am a professional artist and typically don't do fan endeavors, this one worked out well for me as it has helped me start my lifelong dream of doing heavy metal album covers. Which is cool because then he went on and did the full cover for the next album in 2008, Fathomless Mastery. Which is the one we talked about in our interview with Dusty back in the day where he sort of had the vibe of the Beyond, the Fulci movie, for the scene that he painted on that cover. Which was really kind of cool. So anyway, after Fathomless Mastery, they did a live album shortly after that called The Vakken Carnage from the Vakken uh, Heavy Metal Festival that happens every year in Europe. The band had kind of, again, uh, everybody went their own ways, did their own project. They did another DVD in 2011 called Bloodbath Over Bloodstock, and then that was it. They didn't do anything else until this year when they announced their new singer, who was none other than... Nick Holmes from a band called Paradise Lost, which they're a UK band, started out very death metal, but went on a gothy vibe. So it's kind of that suicide metal, uh, not dissimilar from Sentenced from Finland. Anyway, uh, a very cool, groovy band, but kind of different. And so it was cool that he was able to, to go back and do these death metal vocals like his very earliest work. And it was cool for the guys in Bloodbath to play with one of their heroes on this new album, Grand Morbid Funeral. So I, I think the cuts are really strong. I've been enjoying the album a lot. Uh, particularly, uh, we opened with a cut called Total Death Exhumed. We're going to be listening to a couple of more cuts throughout, but... Uh, they're a very cool band, and I think that they're well worth your time. Check it. I like that sludgy tone, man. I'm a sucker for that. I don't that know what and the it is. sound of a guitar that comes through a bucket. Those are like your two vapor. Yeah, yeah. Sounds. It's that's good stuff right there. Why don't we listen to another tune actually from Grand Morbid Funeral off Peaceville Records? This is Church of Vastitas.
And we're back. Once again, Church of Vastitas, taken from Grand Morbid Funeral, 2014 release from Bloodbath. I'm sorry, but just the way you say Church of Vestitas, it sounds in my head, I hear you saying Church of Tostitos. I know, yeah. It's like, that's what I order when I go to the Mexican food restaurant. Acapulco <laughs> Fresh. That's what I order. Can I have a bowl of the Vestitas and uh, a couple of chimichangas? Serve death metal style? Thank you. <laughs> Bloody and frozen. Exactly. So, dude, Gord's weird shit. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't. You know, I try to get weird shit from around the world. Try to get some weird story and... You know, the weirdest thing that happened in my mind recently was actually a tweet from none other than United States politician and dumbass Ted Cruz. He tweeted, and I shit you not, he tweeted out the words, net neutrality is the Obamacare of the Internet. That sounds like something that, like Ann Coulter would say. That's just... It doesn't it sound like, like, like somebody who, who actually has a job in politics would say. You know what I mean? It just is such horseshit. It's like there's three nouns in that sentence, and he doesn't understand what between one to three of those nouns are. It sounds witty and pithy at first until you go, that doesn't even make any, do you know? It's mind-blowing no, to me. And it's like the opposite. Like, net neutrality is the one thing that's keeping the internet from being fucked up. Right. <laughs> it's like having your pipes unclogged, if you want to use an Alaskan senator's metaphor. It's what it's there for, but just... You know, though, so if... And Obamacare, saying Obamacare, that's like code word for bad. That's yeah, just his way of saying bad. Yeah, if, you know, though, if your pipes get clogged, I mean, your pipes, they have a way just to shut that whole thing down. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Saying net neutrality is Obamacare of the internet. It's like saying gangster rap is the Obamacare of the saxophone industry. It just doesn't. <laughs> we should come up with more things like that. We should. Just tweak them right at it. Binary code is the Obamacare for algebra. Bubblegum is the Obamacare for your anus. <laughs> In some ways it is. <laughs> Uh, HOV lanes are the Obamacare for asphalt. I don't even know <laughs> why. God, and to think he could be president someday. Yeah, I thought didn't originally we sort of thought that he wasn't a dumbass when he first yeah. came out, and then he says something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, another one. Next. I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to move you into that same corner with the congressman that thought you could get pregnant by the internet. You're in the mind-blowingly stupid corner. Stay there. Don't come out. Let's listen to more Bloodbath, please. Please. This is from Fathomless Mastery, slaughtering the will to live. Wholly appropriate. <laughs> appropriate.
So how about some multimedia triage? How about that multimedia triage? Dude, I was so busy, like, going to movies every night and doing shit and having fun that I didn't, like, consume any medias. You didn't? I consumed a couple of medias myself. How many I watched medias a... got consumed? Yeah, well, one of the medias that got consumed was via Netflix streaming, okay. so your lazy ass can watch it if you want, a movie called Big Ass Spider. <laughs> I've been wanting to see that. Is that on Netflix now? Yes, it is, and it is it's a movie a about, I uh, hope you stay with me here, it's a movie about a big-ass spider. I like a movie that is just right out there on Front Street. There's no pretension. You're going to see a yeah, big-ass spider. You know spider. what you're going to get. Big-ass spider's probably going to fuck some stuff up. I don't know. Yep. I'm going to watch it. And I know how much you like watching Los Angeles get fucked up. Yes. Big-ass spider fucking up Los Angeles. Nice. It's great. The only actor in it I, I could recognize was... Uh, Greg Gunberg, and he was the cop in Heroes that could hear your thoughts. I saw him. We went with uh, Julie's dad to the counter, this burger bar in Santa Monica. Yeah. And that dude was in there. While he could we hear your order before you even ordered it. No, he was just sitting over in the corner eating a hamburger. And we're like, isn't that Hollywood? There you go. Going to a hamburger <laughs> place, there's somebody from TV right there. Yep. Yeah, but that movie was fun. It was fun, and he teamed up with a, another guy. They were sort of these... Barter's a lot of good banter back and forth between them. Very fun movie. It's exactly what you think it is. I say you should watch it. I'm definitely going to. Yeah, I didn't know it was on Netflix yet, so I will be seeing that before the next show. You know, it's funny. Netflix has a horror comedy section now. Do and they? Going, yeah, they do now. And you look at that list, and it's all saw the phone bat film festival, submitted to our film festival, saw it at the film festival. <laughs> it's great. It's like... They opened up the drawer that I have on my desk and, and rifled through all the DVDs. <laughs> hey, you know what's not at all funny and kind of pisses me off? I went to Half Price Books last week. Yeah. Three copies of Grabbers on DVD on the shelf. Who the fuck sells Grabbers? That movie's fantastic. Yeah. Why would you sell that? I, I bought, don't know. I bought one. I didn't have one. I had to get it out of circulation. <laughs> I had a screener. No, I bought another one. I might there if there's another one next time I go in there, I'll buy that too and give it away at the film festival. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that was a great movie. You know what was not a great movie? What's that? I just watched on Blu-ray Sin City Two. Oh, a dame to end a sentence me. with a preposition for. <laughs> oh, I'm so bummed about that. I want that yeah. to be good. I, I wanted it to be good. I, you know, everybody loves Sin City, and I thought, I you know what? Frank Even Miller, if it's more I the liked same. Sin City. I liked Three Hundred. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, although I gotta say, I never went and saw Three Hundred Two. Which no, is what, nor did 600, I. Three Hundred Two. I'm not sure what it is, <laughs> but I did not go because I was worried that it was going to be shitty. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It may be. Sin City Two was just really. It, it was just kind of really clunky and badly acted and badly done. Just. It was ugh, really oh. sad that I watched it. I'm really disappointed to hear that. I gotta say. You know what else? Speaking of letdown, I've been trying. You, everybody that knows anything about fun stuff to watch says Sons of Anarchy, rocking. <laughs> last couple seasons, watch it. So I'm trying to get caught up to the rest of the world. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm a kid into season three. And it just seems like a pathetic soap opera with every soap opera trope there is, with the exception of someone getting amnesia and marrying the wrong person. 
<laughs> I mean, there's a there's a stolen baby, and news is so bad that the grandma has a heart attack, and star-crossed lovers from different sides of the track, and you can't stay here. This life isn't right for you. I'm yours. I'm yours till I die, honey. Oh, just Jesus fucking Christ, give me a break. So I tried to watch something else. I watched the, the series that's also a crime drama. That's what I was looking for. It has the most ridiculous title, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> okay. I know. It's a, set in England just after World War One. It's a gangster family. Their story, you know, Sopranos in England just after World War One. except they're not Italian, they're, they're English. There's IRA guys, there's stolen guns, there's fighting and shooting and screwing and... It's got uh, Cillian Murphy in it, who you might recognize as the bad guy from Inception. Isn't that Killian Murphy? Is it Killian? Is it Killy? I don't know. It's C-I-L-L. Yeah, I think it so, might be Killian. He also played uh, the Scarecrow in Batman, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. He's got one expression that he always uses on his face. <laughs> I think his face is actually paralyzed. Well, he's just basically made out of eyes, right? The guy has he's like, like two huge eyes. Yeah, he's eyes. like two giant eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like one of those old creepy paintings you might see in your mom's house. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I, there's, I guess, two, maybe three seasons of it out there, and I watched the first season, and you know what? It was better than Sons of Anarchy. You know, but, I got to say yeah. this. I was digging Sons of Anarchy. This season, the final season, is a piece of shit. <laughs> is it really? It got <laughs> so stupid. All the characters are just dumb now, and the scripts are terrible. And it's like you're playing out the string. You're just watching it because you've watched the other ones. And, yeah. like, it took, like, I don't know, eight episodes or nine episodes to get to a good episode. And then there's, like, two episodes left. I mean, we're going to watch the end of it. But knowing what I know now, I don't think I would tell anybody to jump on this train. Oh, thank you, Steve. About season you may have five. Saved me a season hours. five is great. After that, one of the big characters is no longer on the show. And once they left... That kind of fucking ruined the show. Yeah, opinion. and I found that out by accident. Which Oh, Ron Perlman? I'll just fucking say it. Yeah, the minute Ron Perlman leaves the show, turned to shit. Yeah, I was trying really hard not to learn anything about the show at all. I turn on the radio, and it's someone interviewing Ron Perlman, and it's like, click, we're here with Ron Perlman. After your death in la la la. The what? <laughs> After you died in Sons of Anarchy last season. La la la. Just kills me. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, buddy. Yeah, that's the way it goes. What about you? You must have sampled some media. Very little. Uh, I've played because uh, Dragon Age, whatever it is now, Inquisition is out. I never finished Dragon Age Origins, and so I've I never been started kind of it. Fiddling with that, uh, I played Dragon Age Two because it was on the Xbox, and you could actually like play it. Here's the thing with Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age Origins is like one of those fruits that's barely worth opening the wrapper to eat, like a pomegranate. Like, it, what? It's okay. Pomegranate's awesome. It's okay once you get there, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to get to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the thing. Like, Dragon Age, I want to experience the story. I want to see what I think happens. what you're trying to say is it's like a prostate massage. <laughs> no, it's kind of okay when you get there. Hey, listen, but it's a pain in the ass to when do you're, it. When you're reviewing your shit, you use your own analogies. Okay, I, Here's what I'm saying. The combat is so fucking painful micromanaging that you like run into a scene and you gotta hit the pause button and point each member in your party at somebody different if you don't you won't win 
And then after they like strike, you have to do it again and again and again and again. So a single combat, which would take three minutes in any other game, takes a half hour. It's a fucking pain in the ass. And I just want to get to the story. I want to know what happens. And I'm coming back to it. I I originally started playing it back years ago when it came out. And somehow I lost the save game. So now I have to play it again if I want to know the story. And it's like I dread going through these same scenes that I've already been through before because of the combat. It's totally painful. I'll probably just say screw it at some point. But, man, it really bugs me. And I know that's probably sacrilege. A lot of people think that that style of combat is awesome. They love that. But I don't. I think Maybe it totally in a turn-based gets, strategy game. Gets in the way. Yeah, but it's, it's but not But not in a that. real-time situation. Yeah. It ends up taking too long to do it. And it, it makes it not fun for me. So... I'm probably going to struggle through because I'm not playing anything else right now. You think maybe it's just because you're stupid at it? No, I I read tips online of how to do it and stuff. It's just a slow, clunky process, but that's what some people think is fun. So why on earth are you thinking about buying Dragon Age Inquisition then? Because it's no longer like that. Oh, it's more like The combat's more like Mass Effect, I think. Yeah, I don't know anything about this series. It looked like Mass Effect with swords and dragons to me. I thought Dragon Age 2 was fun. I played through it, but now I understand that, like, the hardcore Dragon Age people thought it was a bastard child of the game and it should be flogged in the streets or something. I don't know. I had a good time with it. Anyway, I read a book. Uh, Scott Sigler, the fifth book in the Galactic Football Trilogy. Uh, not even Trilogy. What is it? Quintology now. Quentin Barnes, the champion, is fucking fun. I mean, this time it's, it's interesting because, you know, this series has always had, like, the football in space thing going on. Then yeah. They've also got the owner of the Inath Krakens, the team Quentin plays for, is a gangster. And so you always had like this sort of godfathery kind of aspect to it. But now Quentin Barnes is like the MVP quarterback of the essentially the Super Bowl, the Galactic Championship, right? Right. And so these races of creatures who being a wide receiver is like the highest honor that they can. They're receiving like blessings from the quarterback. They're starting to worship Quentin Barnes. And it's getting so big that the government is starting to look at having him assassinated because he's becoming too influential. Yeah. And it's just a lot of fun. It's crazy space opera mixed with football, mixed with gangsterish kind of shit. It's totally fun. Great read. Pick it up. Now, these books right now, this one is a hardcover limited edition. You can get it through Scott Sigler's website, and that's the only way I think you can get it. And the the previous books are out in paperback, and all of them are available chapter by chapter for free uh, as a podcast. So, you know what? Go listen to The Rookie, and if you dig that, pick up some of the books because they're a lot of fun. Tell me, if one were to listen to The Rookie, would it be something that, say, a teenage boy would be Absolutely. into? Absolutely. Actually, there's no swearing. He made the, he made all of these books to be basically like a YA book. Cool. So, you know, there's there's like frack or that kind of thing. There's like fake swearing a little bit. Yeah. But there's no sex. It's totally clean. And it's a ton of crazy fun action. And right especially on. if a kid likes football. I mean, you know. Hearing about these crazy ra- alien races who are playing the top-level football in the universe is pretty damn fun. Sweet. Speaking of the top-level football in the universe, you see that the Seahawks are playing the 49ers on Thanksgiving? I see that. I see that indeed. I couldn't help but notice that the world champion Seattle Seahawks have a record that is so abysmal 
it is tied with San Francisco's. <laughs> they're both seven and four, but there has to be one winner. Somebody there could be is, only one. Well, they're playing two games in three weeks, so they could conceivably somebody's tie. Somebody's going to come out of there at eight and four. It's yeah, got to happen. Yeah. So I'm willing to put up a bottle of uh, your favorite scotch or something along those lines that says the Seahawks are going to win. Yeah, I'll put up a bottle of something along those same lines that says Kaepernick is not going to get spooked by this bet, make great big giant deer in the headlight eyes, and dash to the left. <laughs> oh, I think he just did. Oh, he did, yeah. He heard no. me say that. Yeah. Oh, oh, Kaepernick, get bring out of there. Oh. Bring it, baby. Okay, we'll reconvene on this with uh, announce who the winner of this one is next episode. Bring it. <laughs> All right, let's listen to one more uh tune from bloodbath off grand morbid funeral this one works out perfect because it's the situation these 49ers are going to be in come thursday unite in pain
Once again, that was Unite in Pain by Bloodbath. Buy it at a record store near you. If you want to find out more about Bloodbath, check them out at bloodbath.biz or click on the handy-dandy link on the Bonebat homepage. Click it. I would like to thank Bloodbath for uh, letting us play their music as well as the fine folks at Peaceville Records and Fresno Media for making this happen. Also, of course, I would like to thank Matt O'Mahony for joining us on the show. And I'd like to thank everyone who attended the Bone Bat Cinema Bloodbath. That was a lot of fun. And, man, every night, I got to say, hardcore BBFF people showed up. Jerry Cooch was there every single night. Jerry Cooch! John Holes was there every night. Josh Marimore came out. Ray Misra came out. A whole bunch of our friends. It was really cool to see all those faces again that we usually just see in April. Their support means a lot. And now that we have another Kickstarter going, we're just looking forward to putting on the best show we possibly can for next April. So it's exciting times, my friend. I'm excited. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. That's also where you can go if you've got a film you'd like to submit for our film festival. Shoot us a line. I will smuggle you the essentials. Nice. You can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. We also have a Facebook page for our bad, bad selves. I've got a Facebook page that's mightywombat.com where you spell out the dot com part because that's how lame I am. <laughs> and we're on the Twitterverse somewhere, aren't we? We are indeed. We are Bonebat over there. I also have a Bonehand Twitter feed. And we've got a page on Facebook as well. Uh, search Bonebat over there. We post jokes, cheap deals, and we find awesome stuff. People are giving away free music. All kinds. Last week, man, the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy was free for one day. I shouted that shit out right there on the Bonebat page. Boom, shouted it. Very cool soundtrack, by the way. I love that old 70s stuff. That's fun. You do. You're an old 70s man. Don't you have any, like, affinity for the music that, like, played in the car when you were a kid? I really do. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. Hmm. Uh, no, nah, the music of my childhood that was playing out of the car was pretty much Neil Diamond. Oh, yeah, I don't like Neil Diamond. There's something yeah, about He's him. the Jewish Elvis, man. Uh, there's something about his, his music that I don't love. I don't know why. My mom liked him, too, but, yeah, not a fan. Anyway, I think that's it. <laughs> that was a pretty big build-up for I think that's it. I agree! Anyway, right. thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. I yeah! Think, I think we need one more Bloodbath tune, man. All right, blood it up. Once again, from the first album, we're coming full circle. Year 2002's Resurrection Through Carnage. This is Furnace Funeral. Yeah. I hope you dig it. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. Aye, you have a good one. Lies leave the circuits, so it's a suppress. A 
like to have your alley scorched, don't you? Oh, I do. 